1: Hey everybody! Welcome back into the Letterman Lounge. It is a Monday in Columbus, Ohio, so we are in the greatest place in the world—Roosters, very fun, casual joint. It's Letterman Live. The band is back together: Justin Zwick, Nicole Cox is back, Bobby Carpenter, Jeremy Birmingham in full mm, glory, running the I love North it. regalia, and I am Austin Ward. The Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm not even going to bring the wings out. He's yeah. going to cry. No, it was an emotional day. Yeah, we don't, we nice don't want any excuses.
2: We don't <laughs> want any excuses. Yesterday was a very emotional day. Cathartic, I mean, for Bengals fans who, I, by the time it was over and you knew they were going to the Super Bowl, all I wanted was San Francisco again at that point because I felt like it had all the recipe. Third of, time's of it, the all, it all of, comes all, back to. Like, all the demons needed to be slain this time around. Uh, unfortunately, the, the Niners didn't make it happen. And. I don't know if that's the best matchup for the Bengals in the Super Bowl or not. I mean, obviously the defensive line of the Rams is <laughs> mm. is pretty oh good. Oh gosh, uh, so but poor Niners is pretty good as well. I just I think as a Bengals fan, I would have rather played against Jimmy Garoppolo than Matt Stafford and uh, Cooper Cup and those guys. So, uh, but either way, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I was watching that game on Sunday, and I thought to myself. I was telling one of my buddies who's over watching it. I'm like, heading into the game, I'm like, I have no expectations. I just want a game that sets up a classic. Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes rivalry for the next five six years, like that's what I wanted. And then the fourth quarter started, and it was tied twenty one twenty one. And he said, "Do you still want just a classic?" I'm nope. Now we <laughs> gotta gotta not win with the
3: win. <laughs> so. How about when it was twenty one three?
2: Yeah. Honestly, it wasn't the twenty one to three wasn't the problem. It was the twenty one to ten. And yeah. then at the end of the half, when mm-hmm. all you had to do if you're the Bengals there is make sure they don't score. And the and, and the last drive of the, oh, and the Andy Reid took the, care of that. Yeah, wow. they helped. They helped out on that one. And then they yeah. and then they allow them to go 80 yards in five plays. And you're like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And then for the Chiefs to to do what they did in those last nine seconds of the half was just shocking. And I was like, wow, that that. And then you you look at it and it's halftime. You're down 11, and they were down 11 to the Chiefs at half four weeks ago. And so you think, hey, you know what? Why not? and then why not us why not us? and then the I defense did it. what it did to mahomes again in the second half i mean he they yeah. just absolutely invalidated him two games in a row in the second half and
3: six points in 60 minutes like yeah. that's pretty impressive
2: that's jimmy g level
4: it's quarterback play
2: <laughs> you almost, could see it that he was he was a little uh, well, he gets If he
1: jimmy would have
4: thrown that ball at the end of the half people would be killing him <laughs> today here, here, oh another here, check down yeah exactly <laughs>
3: Here's the problem. Well, I don't I don't I like being aggressive and going for it. You had 5 seconds. You had enough to run a play. I like that play call, just not in that situation mm. because it took way too long. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. one step slant. It was really the yeah. only thing you had yeah. time for. Yeah. And you're trying to swing it out wide. Believe me, 9 times out of 10, actually, I'm taking him every time. And 9 times out of 10, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to cash in with Tyreek Hill one-on-one with Eli Apple in about 5 yards of space. Yeah. Only need to get a yard. And it, Credit to Eli Apple. He stepped up there, stoned him as much grief as he has taken, and as beaten down as he was, and the fact that he dropped a potential game winning pick at the end that yep. could have been housed. Mm-hmm. Thankfully his boy Von Bell took care of it the next play. But I mean that, that was that was a play the play of the game that turned that whole thing. You down twenty-eight to ten.
2: With that's, them getting the ball to start. With them half. getting
3: the ball. And I know that's what Andy Reid was thinking, like. We have a chance it to bear, bury, them. bury them. Yeah. We can go score here, score again. We'll be up 25, and they'll be done. And get a little greedy, well, make that, the wrong play call. And yeah. then all of a sudden. I was
4: almost to the point where, like, let them score here if you're the Bengals, right? I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. at, at a point in time, and then you get to the point where it's not. But it's like, man, you, this is going to get ugly real quick. And how about that? Hey, here's how the about thing. Bengals? I
3: know <laughs> you were looking forward to maybe watching uh, you know, the Niners and getting yeah. that third. You know, the third rematch, the three-peat, if you will, between Cincinnati. The and, trilogy. The trilogy between Cincinnati and the Niners. But, I mean, think about this. I watched Nick Bosa in practice against Isaiah Prince. I've seen what that movie well, looked like.
2: Well, we up. saw it in, uh, in December. Yes. Yeah.
3: Do you want to see that again?
2: Well, I, I mean, <laughs> listen,
3: at least Von Miller, there's, a little, bit of, there's a little bit of intrigue and stuff right there. I mean – Listen, they've got a great defensive line in with the Rams, but Nick Bosa, I say, I would have lined him up every play. Now I'm not switching sides. We're
1: going well, going know that Nick end. would have spent the next two weeks in the meeting saying, uh, "You want my practice tape? Yeah, this? let me like, show you this. I got this guy. I watched up. it. It was amazing. I'm in his yeah. head." Uh, Nicole Rooster's probably really excited about the Super Bowl. Uh,
0: Absolutely.
1: Orders for the yes. Central yes. Ohio area now.
0: Yes, we, um, we. Are we uh,
1: serving tiger meat? <laughs> what? <laughs> or maybe Ram. Ram.
4: Ram, Ram, me. You, yes. don't wanna eat. Ram. you don't want to eat your own, yes. Bob.
3: No,
0: I the think Ram. we just, the stores have been just all the Bengals fans that we've grown up with since 1988 when we've opened. It is just so exciting to see all of them. That was the last time the
2: Bengals were in a Super Bowl, you know.
0: It was. That was there. Yeah. Year.
3: I thought that was just a coincidence. I thought you said that for purpose of coincidence. No, that's that's when we
0: opened. So I just, seeing all these fans, because you know, every Sunday, like when I served in the store... It was Bengals and Browns and some Steelers fans, you know. Um, and you'd have the randoms like my family with the Texans. Yeah. And then, but slowly it, the
3: Bengals fans died off
2: over thirty. <laughs> I don't years. feel
0: like it. I I feel <laughs> like extinct. <laughs> we just we've known them for years, and to see how excited they are, we
2: just went into hibernation. We <laughs> yeah. we never died out. We just said, I'm not going to show this publicly because it was so a thirty year hibernation. <laughs> it was so hurtful because you. Just he kill. used to realize
1: so like we we would go you know traveling on the road and the Bengals would be NFL. Sunday would be driving, he would be like acting like he didn't care, not paying attention.
2: We'd not watch a lot of games. He would even like try and hide his passion for the Bengals from me. No, because that's the thing. I think that's why it was so cathartic last night because for so many years we've been just like, you know what, why care about this franchise? And then you got a glimpse in the post game when Mike Brown's on stage, you like, oh, oh this is why we don't care <laughs> about this team. Like, come on, Mike, the Bengals are in the Super Bowl for the first time in 30 years, and you're sitting there talking about how great. The, uh, how the titans were good like just talk about your team talk about the Bengals, talk about joe burrow talk about Ed mcpherson talk about zach taylor who i still think is overrated as a, you know i don't oh, think he's he
0: might coach. be
3: the most overrated coach to win a super bowl though. yeah and, mm-hmm. and i'll take
2: it
0: so you guys this goes back to my point like through the season of the buckeyes talking about how isn't there something special about the underdog winning like if the patriots were to go to the super bowl again like I wouldn't be that excited. I'm not a Patriots fan though, and I'm not. I'm not necessarily a Bengals fan, but I ha- wore a Bengals sweatshirt yesterday because mm. I just was so happy for all the fans out there. So I just think there's something to be said for the team that works so hard to get to, and the Patriots work hard too, but it's just like an expected hard, yeah. you know. I don't know. Did you
2: he- do you hear Burrow after the game? Did you
4: see what? He oh said? yeah, I saw. You see him. what he said. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they try and claim. They <laughs> asked him. They asked <laughs> a- finished. They asked him.
2: If the Bengals were for real at this point, or if they were still a, like a, hmm. an underdog story, if they had to validate. He said last week, he wasn't. And he was said, about. "Well, we just beat the second best team in the twice. AFC twice."
4: How about the Browns beat you guys twice? Oh, yeah. See, that's they didn't, like, have, didn't have to, to play it. Josh Allen. See,
3: but. that's the best humble brag that you can throw out there because no. it's factually accurate. And you can't you, argue you, with it. You literally just yeah. put a period at the end of it, and it's not obloviating and talking about all this. And no, nope. Well, we, we beat the team that everybody said was the best twice, and then we beat the Titans too. So
1: his, you, you tell me. Yeah, his press conferences are are well w- worth tuning into any time. <laughs> I
4: make too much money for these <laughs> people.
1: Fake. <pick. laughs> not, <laughs> not, just to see what he's gonna wear and yeah. all that, but he's that that him. confidence that we've known. Which brings me to I think, in you know, what I wanted to talk about because people have. Uh, but giving me some criticism for supporting a lot of the players that I've known since they were 16, 17 years old and watched their entire collegiate career, and the ones that I know are fantastic humans, like the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee for the Cincinnati Bengals, Sam Hubbard, who is my personal favorite to have been watching on this whole run, and I have a lot of (coughs) former players that I still love to follow along, and I don't need to name them all, but I feel so happy for Sam Hubbard, Uh, obviously Allie and her side of the family—they're all huge Bengals fans—so this run has been great, and I've been welcomed aboard that bandwagon for the last couple years. So it's fun to see him and Eli Apple and Von Bell and Joe Burrow and Isaiah Prince when he's uh, holding up on the hey. right side. Mm-hmm. No sacks he, yesterday. He's right playing. Yeah, he's he's out he's there started. playing well, much yeah. better than he did against Tennessee. But of course, I love to support those guys because I've known them for years, and I'm and I'm happy for them. So I was just wondering for Nicole or. Might be tougher for Bob, but maybe not. After I have the election, an answer. <laughs> the, the former guys that you like to follow the most, the, see them do well, root, support, whatever. Guys that you became fans of, that you only fans, only fans, of only yes. fans of. Yes, not only haters.
0: There's Nicole's some, going first. There's something to be said for, like, for what you were saying about. <clears throat> these guys you've known forever, when you know someone as a person and they're a great person, you love to see them succeed, yep. you know? And so I, we were talking about this earlier and it is hard to narrow down cause there are a few players we've met over the years. Um, but I think recently, and I have to say this, um, Billy Price. So we got to know him through, uh, the Buckeye cruise for cancer. And he loves roosters like to a point that he, um, like, equals your okay. passion? What? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. No. That's no. how much he loves it. Yes. His, his yes. cleats this
4: year were some roosters, he, right? What? Didn't he wear roosters cleats or something this year yeah. for so
0: that. So he. his love of roosters is absolutely unreal. Like any city he goes to that we have it, he's stopping to eat there. And this year he did the My Cause, My Cleat for the Roosters Foundation. And so just... His, like, just his passion for our brand and to give back to us, it just meant the absolute world. And I, you know, I'm sad for him that the bank, it was a good thing that he moved to the Giants, but, you know, with the Bengals going to the Super Bowl, I wish he could have had that experience. Right. But, you know, he really enjoyed playing for the Giants this year. So,
4: got a lot of playing time there. He, so, did, he did.
3: So, you know, I, I love watching these guys have success. You know, Eli Apple, whose career arc didn't really go mm-hmm. probably the way that it, He would have wanted it to, especially in New York, but had a good year with the Saints a couple years back, kind of resurrected his career, and he's played well for the Bengals this year. He's been one of the, like, that's like a sneaky, underrated pickup for the Bengals in free agency. You know, and then Vaughn, obviously, you know, he's a physical guy there in the back end, and and Sam is probably everybody's favorite because he's just, he's such a great dude. And to watch him shoot through there like an Apache Mm -hmm. Indian on, on uh, oh. Pat Mahomes, like yeah. fire away. Pat tried to give him a little juke, a little it job. Got him. And
1: the only thing, <laughs> if he had recovered that, oh. oh man,
3: that's all. Literally the only thing they say: the, like, don't take a sack, but definitely don't fumble yes, the football. Exactly. That's yes. the only yeah. way we can lose. Yeah. You give the mean, ball away. He gave up a fifteen-yard sack and had the ball on the ground. <laughs> I mean, that was a great play by Hubbard. And he's spying it yeah. so. Mm-hmm. What he was doing right there is usually they tell you, if you don't know, don't go. Like don't attack until the quarterback gets out of the pocket and he's declared. Because if you commit and then get like caught up in the wash, then we've defeated the yeah. purpose of what we're trying to do. And yeah. Sam read it like, Hey, yeah. I'm was, sure I'm shooting my like shot. Yeah. Seconds, yeah. I'm waiting. If there's if not now, yeah. when Man, yeah. <laughs> time to go. And made a great play. And heck, that almost almost saved the game. And ultimately, I mean they didn't score a touchdown, they had to kick the field goal and mm-hmm. go to overtime. But watching those guys, and even Isaiah Prince, we joke around, like, he played well yesterday. He didn't give up any sacks. He gave up one. The Bengals had four on the homes. You would have thought that would have been flipped.
1: That's
2: right.
3: But it's it's awesome. Like, this is why, like, I've lost fandom for teams, because I just want to watch guys who I know Mm -hmm. go out there who have worked really hard, and you know their career arc and their story, and you want to make sure that they can go out there and have (laughs) success. And watching that yesterday, like, I – was texting with Sam last night, like it just and especially Joe, too. But like, it warms your heart just to see that because you know how hard it is to get there. My goodness, I mean, listening to Romo joke about dropping the snap at the end of the game, I'm like. I don't know if it's still too soon for some of your teammates, Tony. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was sitting there watching that, and he's talking about, oh, just kick it now, just kick it now. I was like, you know, Tony, you're the guy who should know that's not a guaranteed thing. Well, mm-hmm. Jim, I mean, there have been guys who can fu- make a <laughs> hey, fumbled Jim.
3: snap. Mm-hmm. Right here. And Jim just glossed it on the first time, and then coming back and finally was like, I don't know if you heard me earlier, yeah. Jim, but you can <laughs> there have been guys who yeah. have fumbled snaps. didn't really miss- want
1: to
4: pile on at yeah. that point. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z? It was just... You know, you get to, I got to meet a lot of these younger guys through the cruise, um, so you, it is fun to watch them. And just watching that game, I felt like I was a Bengals fan. I felt like I was on the bandwagon just because yeah. <laughs> you get guys that you've seen come up, you know, you know them, you get to know them a little bit here and there, and just, gosh, they were all over that game. I mean, Buckeyes had their handprints in, in, a, in a big win to get to the Super Bowl all throughout the game. Eli with the tackle before the half, you know, Sam with the rush at the end. you Bombell bon Bell with oh, the interception. It? I mean, yeah, I could have had. It. Like, they were everywhere, and that's so cool. I think as an alumni, just to see like our program is where it's at. We, I mean, we know where it is, but to see those guys going to the next level and and really just realizing their dream and I mean, making it to the Super Bowl, it's just cool. And to have five of them on one team, and you know, then get to watch the next game and see Joe or not Nick go. You yeah. know, against uh, the Rams. It's like, man, they're just everywhere. So it's a lot of fun to watch uh, these ex Buckeyes and. You you just uh, keep rooting for them and hope they stay healthy and just keep keep going because it's it's a lot of pride for the university, a lot of pride for the alumni guys who who have played and you know watching these guys continue that uh, that history of Buckeyes going to the league and and making impacts.
3: So one other thing, and you'll like this, Nicole. So we had my son's birthday party in here. Heck, it was probably maybe seven, eight, like four or five years ago. (laughs) And I'll tell you this, like, and I had asked guys to come and different things, and you know, you never know who's going to show up. They're young dudes. I mean, you guys know dealing with college guys. And uh, Denzel and Damon both come, uh, Denzel Warren, Damon Arnett, and also Sam Hubbard and Billy Price sitting right here. They got a picture with all the kids. I came in, and we're were unbelievably gracious and just phenomenal. And so, like, when you see those things, and, like, being in here, I completely forgot about that. As you start talking about Billy's love for roosters, it kind of jogged my memory. But, like, Sam coming in and doing all that stuff, and it's great to see, like, good things happen, you know, to good people and and to watch them ultimately hopefully have a chance to – you know, hoist, hoist the Lombardi Trophy. There's
4: something crazy. To think about my buddies brought it up the other day. Because how about Sam Hubbard? After he make that play, he's going to Notre Dame to play lacrosse. Yeah, and then, you know until Urban Ir- right? comes in and gets him. At least that's what you know huh. was out there for a kid from Cincinnati. What to an be interesting able to play. story. Yes. Did any, why didn't anybody write about that yeah.
2: lacrosse or the dodgeball game? That's <laughs> the
4: dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Seems <laughs> like
2: people dropped the ball there. <laughs> Boy, I, I just—I think it's important what you brought up <laughs> earlier, Austin, which is that people assume or get mad at us in the media because we support these kids and yeah. like root for them, and like because it's somehow wrong to root for the kids that you like or the people that you You've grow got up to know. Who I with don't, I don't who came cover. Up with the, that? I don't cover the NFL. Yeah. Okay. No. So like it has. That's my to chance to uh, root for them because yeah. we can't really root for them in college. So when they get to the NFL, it does mean something. And I, Sam is one of my guys that I just really like. And I remember when Sam—I want to meet someone who doesn't like Sam. when Sam Hunter. and Billy started. That person can't be their right. time in Cincinnati. I talked to them both, and they were like, "Man, a lot of the guys here don't care if we lose." And so I know like how hard these last couple of years have been for Sam and, and Billy to a degree, just like changing the culture of, of their franchise and trying to make sure people understand that losing sucks. And it doesn't matter if you're getting paid a lot of money to do it. It still sucks to lose. Um, so he's definitely one of those guys for me. And the other one who, unfortunately, is not going to be able to play in the Super Bowl is Jordan Fuller. Oh, yeah. I, just, mm-hmm. I just think Jordan Fuller is one great of those dude. people that everyone should understand how different he is as a guy. Like, he's just a really great guy. But then – Terry, I mean Terry McLaurin's the other one. So that, yeah. if we're Those talking are about who, who, three? I, who, if I'm watching guys in the NFL, I'm like I'm rooting for them no matter what. And Terry McLaurin, and Jordan Fuller are I'm not going to root for the Rams. Sorry, Jordan, but um,
3: <laughs> you said rooting for him no matter what. No matter but he's not playing but what. The He's game not box. playing in uh, football. because so, he's hurt. Help. I know he's hurt. Eric <laughs> Weddle's out there, who's my age. But, but yeah,
1: uh, yeah, it's his third does, game back, right? But, it Does help the ones <laughs> I mean, who actually could you imagine yeah. get to the
2: NFL <laughs> and still reply to our texts? Hey Bob, you won't complain to can you play tight end? i need one now. Here's the
3: thing: it's one to go do it and play like a box position like defensive line offensive line (laughs) to play safety against dudes like that like he hadn't played in a Two years, it's insane. I mean, to go and, and be they, able to run and like not get beat. They start him look, off with like a half
4: a game, and then it's like, oh, hey, you're gonna play the entire next game.
3: That that, thanks for unbe- coming. Is unbelievable. Is. At, at his age, oh, the amount of games he's played, he's a freak.
4: Nicole, but everyone's Nicole. answer should be Terry
2: McLaurin. Well, for sure, I mean, he's an
3: elite human. Yes. Yes. elite on, family. Yeah,
1: one of
2: he's, one of the best I've ever
1: been around. He's on the Mount Rushmore of a favorite Buckeyes to cover uh, and going going on to the next level. Nicole just has a short stay with us this week. She's extremely busy. Mm. <laughs> He's got to go run another show. she
3: has got to go yeah. tell Coach Holman she's sad that Ivory drained Man. the three. What a oh, game,
4: what that, a, game what that was. That what
3: an
2: ending. That. Oh, and Jeez. we don't talk a lot about Ohio State basketball on the show per Austin's demands. That's in his rider, <laughs> believe right. it or not. And we talk about it in the, the green room. That's right. He's, he says no basketball. We don't talk
1: about it in the green room either. It's not allowed in there. <laughs>
2: like That's where my rider really takes the, the <laughs> Yes. Yeah. The green room. This is why I, I love college basketball. Because that game doesn't end your season. You get your – Doors blown off for 30 minutes. And then all of a sudden, shots start to click, and it's bang. Here you are, 25 seconds left. Kyle Young makes an incredible play to get the ball back. EJ Liddell hits that three, and you're like, mm. I cannot believe yeah, we're going to win. <laughs> and then the dude just made an incredible mm. play. Yep. And you can't be, like, mad about it. You, it's not – like, if you're a college football fan and your team loses, it ruins your day, your week. I mean, if, if Buckeyes fans at room you're like, Urban, your year, your right. year, yeah. And so basketball, it's just kind of cool that you can lose a game that's a great game, and it doesn't. It actually, you leave that game feeling good about your program because you're like, hey, you know what? They could have folded, they could have quit. And and when you go talk to Chris Holtman today, yes. can you just let him know that Buckeyes fans appreciate that his basketball team doesn't quit?
0: Yes, thanks. Yeah, yes. Let him know that. Absolutely. Like, no
2: I don't. Man, I don't no cover basketball. live crew. I don't cover basketball, so I I can be a Buckeye basketball fan, and it's not like against my. Code? I'm not against your code. Code, code of ethics. So uh, I don't
1: know how th- thrilled Chris Holtman will be since his team also got down by 20 uh, in that That's game. That's the other part of that game. <laughs> so I think <laughs> Nicole, had to fight Nicole will have an interesting conversation down He had there 100
0: wins, though. He's last yeah. week, wasn't yeah. that last yeah.
1: week? Last week, and E.J. Lodell reached uh, the 1,000-point thousand thousand point. mark. So I awesome. 60th play. We I, talked basketball. I know full well <laughs> what's going on. I, I think this must be corn dog. Corn Mini, dogs. Mini corn dogs tomorrow. Okay, so $2. Yes. Appetizer yes. Tuesday. Yes. Nice side of mustard coming along with those mm-hmm. corn dogs. They're delicious. Dive in. Jay Z's favorite condiment. Got to be ketchup. And in 13, you have 13 days to prepare for Super Bowl Sunday yeah. and involve roosters. How can they do that?
0: Um, they can place a carry out. You can place a carry out order. I believe we are doing our early bird special that has not been finalized hmm, yet. And okay. I apologize guys, but I will be able to give who's in charge
3: um, of marketing here. Nicole? <laughs> an, um,
1: it's just a sneak peek. It, there's famous. a lot
0: involved. There's a lot involved. So, um, I'll be able to talk about it next week for sure. But, um, yeah, come in and watch the game. I, I don't want to take up a table because I want to give them to our <laughs> guests, but I really want to be in the store just to watch. We'll let you stand. And let you stand and eat. Oh, I'll stand. <laughs> I'll stand. I'm. I would. I would feel so bad like taking up a table. Right. You know. So, um. But I just can't wait to see like the environment in there. I told you guys that one playoff game there were men crying like, and it was, oh, it was just amazing. No, and so it wasn't yeah. because the, of the, the, hot Raiders, it it the Raiders, Raiders. It was the new killer. No. It was the nuclear. The, the Raiders nuclear. game. I didn't get
2: emotional when that because, you know, you should win that game. Uh, but listen to this guy 31 years oh, because <laughs> yeah, we was, should win that they game were the uh-huh. better, they were the better team they were the home team I mean they, That's should, they, they were the division. Years, but they were the division yeah, we winner the Raiders win were the wild card they should have won that game so I mean it was exciting and I'm glad that you know obviously I'm happy that they ended that streak but the lot, Tennessee even I thought was a good matchup for the Bengals oh. I mean it Unfortunately, picking yes. up eleven seconds. Optimistic berm, as I yeah, always yeah, say. Chiefs are a bad matchup, and yeah, I just want to make one Bengals final fan. point out there to you people. We got a lot more. Show, I bro. got a lot. No, this is a point I got to make because the TV up here—it's really driving me crazy. This entire morning, everything I see about this Bengals and Chiefs game is what did what went wrong for the Chiefs? For sure. What, well, how, what What happened to Patrick Mahomes? The Bengals have outscored the Chiefs 34-6 to 6 in the second half yeah. of their two mm. games
4: in the last month. Tell them. And
2: nobody's talking about, hey, maybe the Bengals were actually good. Preach it. Mm. You know? Maybe they're actually
4: maybe. good. Maybe. They're in the Super Bowl here. We're going to find out. That's a great point. I
1: bet we'll probably get more Bengals <laughs> thoughts from in <Burman laughs> the second half of the show when we come back on Letterman Live. It's presented by Roosters. It's a fun, casual joint. Everybody knows that Roosters is a fun, casual joint, but the truth is it is so much more. It's a quick stop on the way home to sit back and unwind. It's a front row seat to the big game. It's a place where you will always find a friendly face and the home of wings so big you won't believe it. It's your family's other dinner table. So yeah, we're a lot of things to a lot of people. Roosters, a fun, casual joint.
3: Precision engineering. Rigorous attention to detail. A Bryant Evolution heating system is so well designed, it's as much of a joy to install as it is to use. Good to go. For the dealer nearest you,
1: visit Bryant.com. Hey everybody, welcome back in to the Letterman Lounge, Letterman Live. We're finally going to get a chance today. Long awaited. Four new uh, full-time assistant coaches on the staff. Uh, Ryan Day will introduce them and we'll get to hear from them, talk to them. And it's it's an exciting day for me because I think oh this is one boy. of the biggest parts of the offseason. I just talked about this with you on Friday, Bob, that you know, what do you cover this time of year? What do you want to get into? For me, know who these guys are, what they're about. And I think that Whatever stock people outside may put in press conferences, some, none, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, And it's not a definitive judgment, but I think Berm will back me up here that when you go into that meeting room in the Woody and all the cameras are there and there's 50 media members, that doesn't happen almost anywhere else. And some people don't like that. They're not going to be able to handle the situation very well. They shrink from it. You mean like coaches? Coaches. When they come in and. Probably shouldn't be here then. Well,. That's, that's seen, sort of you know, the litmus seen test. Seen that yeah. I think it is a fair litmus test. Who we is just, shrunken away from this? I don't. Going to name names of who have embraced that moment. Maybe we can get into that part later. Okay. But yeah. Well, the first time that Ryan Day walked in there, not intimidated by that, nailed. He was the in best the answer. NFL in
3: Philadelphia, where they throw that. batteries at you and you win. Oh, games. There, there's <laughs> no.
2: There's no greater example of what Austin's talking about than the fact that when Ohio State hired Jeff Hafley, nobody had any idea really who he was, yeah. and his first press conference, it was three minutes into it. And everyone in that room was like, "This guy is a dude." He's cap-
1: You were captivated, and, and
2: mm-hmm. it, you that it would take him literally three minutes before everyone watching, everyone in the room was like, "Okay, this was the right hire." And Halfley flat out killed it in that first press conference, and then that you know, the the whole year was you know a rocket yeah. ship from there.
1: And I think that the the reason I put stock in it, is, a I mean, I want to know who these guys are, and I'm potentially going to be covering and dealing Get with them extensively, you. Yeah, potentially getting to know I mean, yeah. all about yeah. you. yeah, and. That's important.
3: You are gonna ask Jim Knowles what his favorite vegan dish is? I'm sure someone. someone
1: will. Someone will, but it will not be me. Okay. I promise you. I'm not. I don't care about uh, that part. Jim, The short list. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, don't do it. <laughs> when, when you're eating, and you can't eat eat the meat, like we're eating right here. I mean, is there is there a dish out there that you might want to try? One that, like, one that I might uh, uh, tofu guy. Yeah. That's
1: yes. That you might you might devour, so to <laughs> speak.
3: I love it. I hope. That our guy asked that uh, question. little tofu kung fu.
1: He'll, he'll have a lot <laughs> to say about that, which is why we love him, Tim oh, May. Oh, no doubt about it. The, the king of digressions. Um, but now, now I've digressed. I wanted the Tim May podcast to be called I Digress with Tim May, just yeah. to be clear. True that dig, digressions. Was perfect. The, if you can't come into that press conference and explain who you are and what you want to achieve and accomplish and how you're going to do that, then for me, and I know that that's not a perfect like-for-like like situation with being in the meeting room or on the practice field, but I feel like there's got to be some carryover, yeah. and you've got to be able to uh, express those thoughts and communicate clearly and confidently and all that stuff. And some coaches do that and some don't.
3: Well, the, old, the saying in the NFL, it's like you can't fool the room. And it's gotten to that point a little bit in college now because guys, they're, they're very worldly. They see a lot. I mean, the social media yeah. is connected everybody. You have a deeper window into this. and You can see guys operate and interact. And so if you can't go here and fool a bunch of reporters, you're never <laughs> going to be able to fool. Like You're never going to be able to talk to players because they're going to see through it a lot quicker, especially the veteran guys. Because they're going to ask in-depth in questions and start digging in on stuff. And so it, it'll it be important for those guys to be able to come out and make sure, hey, this is what we're doing. Like, you talked to the Fry about this. Hey, offensively, hey, what are we doing? What's your philosophy on four offensive tackles starting? I mean, see, like, hey, I mean, those are real questions about this. Was this a detriment? What are the positives? What are the negatives? Is that something we're going to look to? It's about getting your five best on the field regardless of position or trying to kind of balance that with, hey – Maybe there is some position uniqueness that each each group, a guard from a tackle to a center, might possess.
1: That'll be fun for Fry to come in, right? <laughs> like just after that off season and the previous coach and that topic that's been so popular to break down. Like, here you go, this is what you're facing. I mean, maybe he'll be able to knock that out pretty quickly. But yeah. it's funny how that will be, you know, for a position coach. Like, hey, be pretty critical of what happened to that last guy. Can you do the exact opposite? Because uh, if he answers it the other way aren't gonna really like that, are they?
3: Well, and here's yeah. the thing: I don't care if they like it or not. If it's what you believe, you're like, yeah, we could do that. If it doesn't work, we're gonna try probably try mm-hmm. something else. Like, yeah. and that's yeah. the only thing. Like, hey, I I don't disagree I'm with not that. Not opposed to philosophy. trying things, yes. right?
4: Yeah, you gotta try new things every now and then. <laughs> Sometimes you throw it out there and take it right back.
2: Well, that's the whole point. It's about being authentic and understanding yeah. when you're on that when you're in that podium for the first time, <clears> and you got all these cameras on you, and this is live streaming on all these you know every 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 website. Who you are has to shine through in that moment because a lot of times, especially this time of year, a lot of the kids in this program haven't even dealt with these coaches yet. The coach's been on the road. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, they've been on the road recruiting for the last three weeks. So a lot of these guys haven't even met their their full complement of players yet. So it is an interesting time for us to just kind of get a feel of who they are because, as you said, you know if someone's being real up there or not. And that's why, again, Halfley's sort of the, the golden goose of this situation because it was so – immediate that people are like, wow, this guy, is he really is different. Um, and now you just have to see, you know, Ryan Day is so big on staff alignment and how these guys all fit together. And some of that, or a lot of that, is personality and how well everyone gets along is just far into how you fit in the culture of the – Well, team. that's why you
4: got to feel like everybody fits because Ryan's the one making these decisions, right? He's going to say, all right, I want to bring this guy. I want to talk to him first yeah. before I make any – so going in and talking to you guys, well, I agree with you. It is a chance for them to make an impact. They've already made their impact on the guy that really matters, (laughs) you know, and he's the one that's saying, all right, I know the coaches that are here. I know the players we have. I know you now, and maybe not as well as I know everybody else, but I've had meetings with you. We've talked about your philosophies and how you like to do things. I think you're going to be a good fit. So, yes, it's nice if they come in today and they blow your socks off and you're like, man, this guy is so sharp, blah, 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 but – some of these guys just might not take it that serious. Right. Where you know they they might come in and say this is just going to be an introductory thing for an assistant coach. How crazy can it be? I've already sold the big guy. You yeah. know, I just got to go do this lip service for these guys. Well, uh, I, you know they might not take it as serious. Hey, now, they granted, they're probably ready to the rock.
2: Media.
4: They're ready to rock because nowadays everything's online. Everything's going to get tweeted. They don't want to look dumb up there. So yes, they will be prepared. But what you know, if they, they they've look already like? Done the
3: Adam thing. Gase <laughs> looking around. It's if there's, like, a fly in the room that they're staring at. That would
4: be fun to do just to (laughs) mess with people. I
2: think the interesting thing about this particular group is how different everyone's situation Mm -hmm. is. Because a guy like Justin. Exactly is our situation, Dad. (laughs) Because. (laughs) uh, Perfect. That's a great segue. (laughs) Thank you. Football and crab cakes. Um, The. No, you got Tim Walton, right, who's been out of college football for the last 13 years. You have Perry Eliana, who was sort of a name no one really had any idea about, and then all of a sudden he's replacing Kerry Combs. And Justin Fry, who's a guy that everyone thought Ryan Day was going to mm-hmm. hire three three years ago. And you're like, wow, and you know Jim Knowles, who no one knows anything about the guy, really.
4: Except he had a good defense. he had a good
2: Except defense. He's a vegan. That's all we know. So, and he, a he a lot. Yeah. And he was the guy that every program in the country wanted to hire. Clemson yeah. wanted him. Penn State wanted him. Ohio State wanted him. So every one of these guys comes from a different sort of scenario, and I think it's pretty interesting just to see how they all fit together.
3: And so the fit together is going to be key because I think Ryan went out and tried to get the best guys he could, and it's like, hey, and this is the argument of bringing guys in externally versus growing guys in organically. Clemson always promoting from within versus searching. I think there needs to be a blend of that. If you have a guy, hopefully you can identify good player, coaches in-house and then grow them. Yep. But also sometimes, you know, you need to probably bring in some fresh ideas, especially if there's not someone there who could maybe do that specific job or task. It will be interesting. Like my guy, Tim Walton, he's, he talks fast. And he's gonna get it. He was a Buckeye here. I think Perry Aliano will get it as well. We cover Kevin Wilson. We're fairly used
1: to fast talk.
3: <laughs> yeah, but Tim, dude, it's a whole. It's a. It's another level. He yeah. can get going.
1: Gonna need to slow down the. So the
3: sideline, was like, hey, whoa, whoa, because he get rolling. He get going quick, and he's got a lot of knowledge up there. But he being from Ohio State, he understands what it's gonna be like here. I would imagine that Perry Aliano, being at Cincinnati knowing what was going on down the road, we'll have some idea of the magnitude and gravity mm-hmm. of this. You know, and, and Jim Knowles is kind of the wild card because he's never really been at, like, one of these traditional blue blood, the Power. the USC, the Bama, you know, the Ohio State, of Michigan, uh, Florida, where, Georgia, where when you get hired, there's 50 people there. You know, at, at Oklahoma State, probably wasn't like that. Duke probably wasn't like that. Yeah. And so this is going to be a whole new paradigm entirely for him. And he's a dude that's a little bit different. Not a lot of guys know a lot about him, you know, except for the fact he had a really good defense for the last couple of years at Oak, uh, Oak State.
1: And he's a vegan. And, and he's a vegan. And that part who of it. He does yoga. That part of it. and that, I mean, obviously, he's meeting with Ryan Day, and he's getting paid 1.9 million dollars a year. That that's obvious. Your job is important, but I think, and I'm not trying to put too much stock in it, but you walk into that room and you see 50 people covering the team. Well, that didn't happen at Duke. It didn't happen at Oklahoma State. It doesn't happen virtually anywhere else, and that starts to tell you the importance uh, to way more people outside of that room because we're obviously passing that along to the people that are going to be 100,000 in the horseshoe or a fan base with several million people, and like that's, I think, the realization that hits that obviously they know what the standard is, but then you're starting to get a real first glimpse at – the expectations that everyone else has for you because none of us would be in there. You are a mere vessel action. is what you're That's, trying yeah. to say I'm tr- to the public. I'm, a, I'm just trying to open the gate.
4: Yeah. When he knows he's coming in to a, to an area that has not been happy with the way that side of the ball has of been course. playing, correct? You know, so, so he's got to be like, man, these guys might come after me today because I do things differently. Cool. It's going to be hard to teach these kids to get them on the same path. He's probably going to come. He might come with a whole thing. Like, this is what we're doing. This is how I'm trying to implement it. We brought so-and-so and so-and-so because they have a lot of little assistance. Yeah. They, they keep hiring and plucking from different places to, to, in my head, help them teach this new defense and, and teach this new philosophy to these guys. So, I mean, he, he's got to be ready to rock because he, he's got to know you guys are coming hard for him. Just to say, <laughs> hey, what, what is this going to look like? Rule number 76. That's, that's like the only way today. to come when you're coming out a coach. Oh, huh. aggressively aggressively. That's all he knows. He's a yeller. <laughs> I'm just going to move on from that. I think that's the safest play.
1: Bobby's biting his tongue. over that here. Yeah.
4: You can't say anything around <laughs> this guy. It's dangerous.
2: Um, burn what's happening on Wednesday? Uh, signing day. Ooh, it's so Big different, man. Like I was having a conversation with someone on Sunday and like, Oh, signing days this week. Are you ready? I'm like, for what? <laughs> Nothing to do. Buckeye signed 20 kids on December 15th and, Here we are heading into this week. They have two commitments that are unsigned right now in Carson Hinsman and Omari Abor. There's no drama expected for either. Uh, It's Monday, so we got signing day on Wednesday. They're still trying to get a final answer out of Georgia four star defensive lineman Christian Miller. That's pretty much Ohio State or Georgia. Um, And that's it. There's no more drama, there's Hmm. no nothing. Uh, Signing day in February, which used to be, honestly, my Super Bowl,
4: uh,
2: is now kind of not. And, and uh, now you have Now suitable. you have the real super yeah, We cool don't even cool. have a we're not even going to have a Ryan Day <laughs> press conference on Wednesday on signing day uh, you know which is pretty pretty wild Not a lot of drama though which is good because it means yeah. that people don't have to stress That's not because of national, well, I know, but day, it's but also you know tied in. Normally, they feel like
1: he's still going to do his coach's
2: show for. it. You'd figure day. they'd throw Pantoni or someone up there and say, "Hey, it's <laughs> dining day, right?" <laughs> throw Pantoni,
3: yeah, because
2: that's somebody who loves to Just be out good. there. Yeah. The yeah, yeah, I I Mark, yeah, I know Mark how much Mark, I know how much Mark enjoys
1: chomping at the bit the to game. get out there for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, why don't you, why don't you ask him if that's what he wants to do on Wednesday?
2: I, I wouldn't. I don't think I have to ask.
1: Okay, he's probably loving this Wednesday. it's easy for him, huh? It's a real change, and yeah, Berman, I talked to Ryan Day about this in December, like. I don't feel like the calendar is great for college football with the way it's structured right now, and that's why you've seen the volume of coaching carousel moves in September. And the timing of them, yeah. And the Mm -hmm. timing for all that, and not working out, and then players wanting to leave, and the impact of name, image, and likeness in the portal, like, I don't know that December wound up being the right time for that, but... Ryan Day does not want it to move. Ohio State's been very successful at it, for one. And for two, he just feels like, all right, well, they have found something. And every time the NCAA decides to make a change, there's more unintended consequences. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, clearly, Ohio State has made an emphasis on getting things done in December, getting as many early uh, enrollees as they can. which is, The number is 11, Berm, is that right? Yep. 11. And then if you can, you know, get a clearer picture of what your roster looks like and, and add to it in February – you supplement there but that's a that's a big change from what you guys went through and what college football has been for a long time.
3: It's could you see them moving signing day back like pushing it back a week or two and then having like a transfer period just, I feel like the, no- the
1: basketball model where you can sign in the Summer August. before the season. I like that. Mm-hmm. is better.
2: And it really you, should be August first, and then February first, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, was
3: pushing it back so that you could have January being portal season, to where that has mm-hmm. to be wrapped up, like
2: after ball season, whatever.
3: You
1: you guys it, to and, do it, with and it pretty much does. I think there's like guys can make their decisions in late January or February or whatever. But if you're going to p- take part in spring ball, there is a deadline that you have to
2: be enrolled in. in it classes. hasn't. It's not stopping Caleb Williams. That's what I was going to oh. say.
1: He still hasn't committed yet. I uh, I can't speak to how that policy will work at every other school yeah. or, if, or if he wants to go to school.
2: Sp- place. The spring policy
3: camp. works based on how good you are. <laughs> right? That's how the policy <laughs> yeah. works. Yeah. I and
2: mean, I I policy changes. I know Ryan Day was against the idea of moving the early signing period and I the idea of unintended consequences isn't lost on me, but at the same point the kids who are signing in December, there's no there's no value for these kids signing on December 15th at this point. So mm-hmm. Because coaches, I mean, we used to have to wait until February fourth to find yeah. out who was getting fired, right? Now it doesn't matter; everyone's moving it up anyway. August first to me. Yeah, I mean, I like that. Before the, kids, the season, the yeah. kids who are
4: yeah, C- they're in one hundred percent. CJ
2: Hicks, a kid from Ohio, knows he's not going anywhere else. Signed that way, he can have constant communication with the staff. Mm-hmm. Means he can do a lot of different things. He can start getting his workout program. He can start a lot of the other stuff. There's just no value to me in having it on December 15th. Uh, It's just stupid. Number one, you're in the middle of finals. You're in the middle of bowl prep. You're in the middle of everything else going on, uh, the holidays. It's just a bad time to do that.
1: I I agree. I should have concurred. We can just argue about the Big Ten stupidly trying to play an eight-game conference schedule again. Nope.
3: Better idea. Better idea. No, it's not. You're in the minority.
4: You are in the minority on that. Well... Tell me why, then. Unless they're bringing back the legends and the leaders. I don't want to talk about it.
1: If you're trying to crown a true champion, you should play as many conference as possible. uh, Why? Because you – you're going to get in the same argument about who should actually be in the game if you take one more piece of the puzzle away and you have more unbalanced schedules because of 14 teams and then you go to eight games. Then we're going to have arguments that aren't even about the rankings. They're just about who
2: should be in the championship. But if you well, the, the divisions, the, then it doesn't matter.
3: You eliminate the divisions. That take the highest makes it worse. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Because, yes, not it does. for Ohio State. It doesn't. No,
2: there's still going to be one or two. I, mm-hmm. I don't care about anybody
3: else. My goal is this, to get to the Big Ten the, championship game. They're going win. to expand the college football playoff. It is going to happen. How it looks and the in the the parameters around it, that remains to be seen. But it will get expanded. And it's going to get expanded to twelve because the SEC is not going to get let it expand unless it goes that far. Because there's no benefit to them for going to, to six eight. or eight. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's going to get to twelve. And a function of playing eight games allows for less cannibalization. It'll be more, it'll probably guarantee three Big Ten teams get in each year. And in doing that, that is infinitely more money that will then be poured into the coffers of the Big Ten. And if you're only they, actually the make, they actually camp. will
1: make less money that way by playing fewer conference games. And then if you're adding alliance They will get
3: three games, three teams into the playoff, in the play. which you're getting $50, $60 million from those. That's,
1: that's going to come
3: regardless. Not if you
1: don't make the teams, and you get so it per, the, per team that enters. The Big Ten has been in position to put more teams in than the SEC in that system, by even in the nine-game conference schedule. They're not going to lose that. And if you're guaranteed one spot every single year and you're making it more challenging to even name who's going to do that, you're you're creating other issues that make no sense because the games that they're talking about replacing these conference with are going to be horrible matchups against, like, Duke and Oregon State. So you should at least put some value on it to your television partners, which that is what's going to be on the table here for 2023 for the Big Ten. And if you want to make that value go up, saying that you're going to play more games – Against Wake Forest instead of the teams, I don't, that I don't the know that
3: that's actually going to happen and manuf- manifest itself the way that they're saying. That.
1: The way that it is going, they are talking about two to three games against Alliance teams, and if you're sacrificing Big Ten games for that and making the conference championship race more complicated with unbalanced intra schedules, that is. Ridiculous and stupid and won't accomplish anything.
2: What is the Big Ten? I'll tell you this isn't ridiculous or stupid. Cutting
3: out, <laughs> cutting out playing Rutgers and Maryland and teams. But like you're Icon replacing
2: this with, with freaking Wake Forest.
3: Are we sure about that though? Yes. I mean, that's I. I until I see that that's inked in where that game will be replaced by a team. But what if it's not Wake Forest? What if it's Clemson? What if it's a Florida USC. State? What if it's a USC? Those that they're going to it'll be more of a Big Ten ACC.
1: Well, you just said you were worried game. about cannibalizing the Big Ten. Why would you want to put because all the big games on Ohio State's schedule
3: because they can win those games and it's not a zero sum. You realize if fourteen teams play each other, that it has to be seven and seven. If you play fourteen teams from other conferences, you have the ability to go fourteen zero. You have the ability mm-hmm. to go on fourteen as well.
2: And if you have if you eliminate the divisions and you get three Big Ten teams in the playoff losing to Clemson or USC early in the season isn't going to it's
1: not going to yeah, matter as much.
2: There's well, a lot of arguments. guys
1: are, are ignoring the fact that the ACC and the Pac-12 don't have enough good teams to both. They can that play our edge. trash
3: teams and they'll beat them. It'll be great. <laughs> our trash teams are better than their trash teams. I yeah, do know true. that. The way that I watch Rutgers play Wake Forest after not practicing for three <laughs> weeks and Wake Forest being the second best team or third best team in the ACC, I feel pretty confident about that.
1: Oh, it's sad that I have to say that all three of you guys are wrong, but that's just the way we're going to have to end this show. <laughs> thanks to Nicole Cox and Roosters for having us for Letterman Live. Uh, thanks to me for finally getting the last word and just shouting yeah, myself go. the king of this argument. That's Jay-Z, <laughs> Bobby Carpenter, Jeremy Birmingham. Appreciate it. Nicole Cox. We'll see you next week for Letterman Live. It is brought to you by Roosters. It's a fun, casual joint.